What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of The Press with Michael Chiesa. Thanks for listening and subscribing to all those who have left ratings and reviews. Very, very much appreciate that. I've been wanting to have Mike on for a while. A few months after I arrived in Spokane, he won The Ultimate Fighter, and that launched his UFC career. And uh, it's been a lot of fun getting a chance to cover him and follow him ever since. About a year and a half ago, before his fight with Benil Dariush, which he won, I spent a full day with him just to see what a day of of training uh, of camp is like for somebody at that point as they're getting ready uh, to get back into the octagon. And I learned a lot. It was a great experience and just crazy to see what he puts himself through again to prepare for a fight, Uh, the amount of workouts, um, what he has to do from a nutritional standpoint as he's starting to cut weight, all that stuff, uh, just Crazy the amount of stuff that that these guys do to take care of their bodies and make sure they're in prime position uh, to go out there and win a fight. Always enjoy catching up with Mike. Super candid, funny, speaks his mind, and and it makes it fun. Uh, Talked about his weight class, 155 pounds, which has been a bit of a holding pattern because of Conor McGregor. A recent fight with Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson that... Um, you know, obviously very important in terms of, of that weight class. And Lee is a guy that he fought, had a very controversial loss to earlier this year. And, uh, you know, he comes from Spokane, which has developed a very potent mixed martial arts scene. And he's, you know, one of the godfathers of that, so to speak, and how that all came together. And uh, just his background, getting into fighting and making a career of it. Always a fun conversation. Glad it finally worked out. Great having Mike on. Hope you enjoy it. Episode 16 of The Press with Mike Chiesa. What's your training schedule looking like these days? Um, Just usually doing my strength conditioning at 4 and going in at night sick. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What uh, what mode are you in right now? Because uh, it, things are kind of up in the air for you. Um, it's just just kind of training, but with a little more intention. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, off season, you just go in, you know, like once a day. But you know, I'm going in twice a day, so I'm just kind of trying to just stay ready in case something pops up, short notice. But you know, just not not fully in in camp mode yet. How much time, I mean, it, we've talked about this before. I mean, you, you see that happen all the time where somebody's got to take a fight short notice. What's, in situations like that, like what's the least amount of time you would want or require uh, to, to jump into something like that? I mean, really, it just kind of depends on where my weight's at. That's the biggest thing, you know. Outside of that, it's just kind of a crapshoot. But, you know, really, it just kind of boils down to, to where my weight's at, Um you know, because the lower my weight is, that I means yeah, the better the shape I'm in. So, you know, if it's a fight on a week's notice, but you know, I'm in good shape, and my weight's not low, then yeah, I'm gonna take it. So it just kind of depends on that. Is there is there anything kind of coming up where you feel like a, a situation like that could arise? Like, is there a, a fight or an event where you think you know, th- this might be a chance where I might have to step into something, or is it or is it too hard to tell? Too hard to tell. I mean, there's like Alvarez and, and Gaethje in December and Barbosa and Khabib coming up, I think. But um, you know, it's just kind of just kind of just staying geared up just in case something happens with those with those fights. But I doubt anything will. Health wise, how you feeling? Health, I'm good. 
back's good. Everything's good. My body's my body feels good. You know, I'm just just training hard, and you know, I'm like, it's 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 good. I mean, I had to take a lot of time off to get rid of these tendonitis issues, and now that they're gone, you know, it's just it's it's just been smooth sailing in practice for the first time in a while. It's been about a year plus, year and a half since the the back issue came about the first time. What uh, any any lingering effects of that, or have you shaken that whole thing? Oh, I've shaken that whole thing. That's that's a the thing in the past at this point. Um, you know, the back's been good. It's, uh, I'm sure it's sooner or later it'll, it'll, problems with that will arise again sooner or later. I think that later on down the road, but um, you know, as of now, everything's good. Not something you think about. I, I imagine with something like that, when you're doing something routine, and all of a sudden you feel the the twinge or whatever, it's hard to kind of just shake the the fear. Is is that? Uh, was that part of it as well? Just kind of learning to trust it. Yeah, that's the big. That was the biggest thing is just learning how to trust it. You know, going to do that same motion. You know, going to do that same exercise that initially hurt me. Trying to do that again, you know, is always uh always sits in the back of your mind. But you know, I've, I've gone, I've gotten past that, and everything's been good since then. How's how's sick jitsu these days? You guys always seem to have a good crew in there. How the team's good. You know, it's uh feel like it's on the rise again you know we got a tough room again <clears throat> you know we got you know, we got of course me and sam and uh you know tyler and some of the the original guys and we got a, a new squad of up and comers coming in and and uh you know the room's really tough right now so um you know the gym has been good i know you guys are trying to build your place where are you guys at with that um we're just the temporary gym's pretty much done the ten, little temporary spot but um I think they're trying to break ground before the freeze um, this year. So, you know, I'm not too sure. It just kind of depends on uh, kind of depends on, on Rick. And, uh, you know, he has a better idea of, of all of that. So um, hopefully, hopefully within the next year it's done. I guess it's been a few weeks now since Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson. I'm, I'm sure one that uh, you were paying close attention to. What would you make of that one? Um pretty much happened exactly how I thought it would. You know, Tony just Tony's uh Tony's in it for the long haul. Um whereas Kevin Kevin you just gotta get to that first round, you know, and uh you know, Kevin had his good first round and Tony came out firing on all cylinders and it kinda happened just how I thought it would. You guys are kind of in a holding pattern right now. How 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 tough is that? How how complicated does that make things? Makes things really complicated. You know, you get, it, it there's log jams in all three areas um, of the weight class, you know, you got at the top, you got Connor not doing anything, you know, and, the, and that jams at the top, you know, bottom, you got Al Iquinta, you know, he's, he's ranked, but he's, you know, he was refusing to fight guys because he's doing real estate, you know, and uh, things like that, things like that will jam up a division and uh, keep anything from happening. You know what I mean? And you've got to keep, got to keep the wheels in motion. If you got a number next to your name, you know, that doesn't mean that you get to just sit on it. You know, you got to do something with it. So, um, you know, the, the good thing about Tony winning the Delta is we got some, we got a guy that's going to want to fight a lot and it's going to want to keep, keep the wheels in motion to keep the division moving. We're the slowest moving division in the UFC, I believe. People have been clamoring for more weight classes. You think that's something that could ever actually come to fruition? It has to come to fruition. I mean, it just has to. You have you have guys like myself and Kevin Lee who are 
way too big for 55, which I don't, I'm not complaining. You know what I mean? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I've been doing my business to 55 my whole life. Um, but you got guys like myself and Kevin who are too big for 55, but too small for 70. You know what I mean? There needs to be something in between for us guys, you know, that, that, that are in between weight classes. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the time goes on. Hopefully sooner than later, that'll, that'll, that'll come to fruition. What's the biggest obstacle? Is it just numbers? Is it wanting them to keep all the strength in that 155 class because, you know, it has the potential to be so deep? I don't know what the excuse is for them, honestly. I, I, I don't see... I don't see where the struggle is, to be honest with you. I think that uh, I think that them adding weight classes should be a no-brainer. You know what I mean? You want to add, you want flavor. You know what I mean? You want extra weight classes. You want more champions. You know, you want champion versus champion fights. You know, they're always complaining about how they have too many guys on the roster at certain weight classes. You know, especially 55. Um, you know, 55 has more guys in the weight class in any weight class. So it's like. There's no excuse as to why you shouldn't add a weight class to, to spread guys out, um, you know, get the roster kind of thinned out in certain areas, and, you know, more champions, more more opportunity for, for guys to win two belts simultaneously for, for promotional purposes and stuff like that, more opportunities to create stars. Uh, I don't really see where the complication is. And then in doing so, you avoid situations, right? Like we had with Kevin Lee, where uh, wh- what did he say? He said the weight cut da- quote damn near killed me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is adding weight classes isn't going to solve that problem. There's always going to be guys who are trying to cut weight. You hmm. know what I mean? But but there's going to be a good amount of guys that are going to steer away from that. You know what I mean? You said something about that after uh, Lee's weigh-in, um, or I think you 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 retweeted somebody or something that was just talking about how dangerous it is. What is that process like, and and what does that do to your body right before you're expected to perform at a peak level? You know, you just like you're basically like you get in the mode where uh, we're just like. Uh, I don't care if I die. I'm gonna make weight. Like, you just, like in your head, you think of, you think that extreme. You know what I mean? Um, you just kind of like accept, accept that something bad could happen to you, but you're just gonna go through with it anyways. And and you know, for myself, I've gotten used to the feeling. You know, I've been cutting weight my whole life, and and uh, you know, and I've I've had a lot of bad weight cuts. I've had a, I've had chances where I almost didn't get a fight. You know, I, I've been through the ringer when it comes to that type of stuff. So. For myself, you know, I just kind of like, I get this mind mind frame where I'm like, you know, screw it, dude. Like, I'll die before I miss weight. So let's just get it on, get it over with type deal. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's different for certain people. I've heard of people that, you know, they're big weight cutters that when they go to cut weight, they, uh, they're just crying the whole time and they're just like looking for a way out. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's not an easy process, man. People are like, people are always like, oh, you only have ten pounds to go. Or you only have five pounds to go. I'm like, yeah. Think about it. Every pound, every pound I'm trying to lose is the equivalent of a of a sixteen ounce water bottle. You know what I mean? Like, so you gotta think like, you know, I'm trying to lose ten pounds while I'm trying to sweat ten water bottles. That's you put it in that perspective, and people are like, well, that is a lot. What's the worst weight cut you've had? Probably Joe Lowe's on fight. Joe Lowe's on fight. I was I was over 180 
um, just a couple of days before. I I really had to battle through that one. That one that one damn near killed me for sure. They haven't seen any fight that night. What was that? What was that like? Twenty four hour period like like the worst stretch as you were doing that. Just it was just tough, you know. I was just punishing myself to just to just try to lose weight. My body wasn't letting anything go. I mean, it took me, you know, two hours to lose a ton. You know what I mean? Two three hours to lose just a pound at a time. So I found myself, you know, on the day of weigh-ins, just 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 strung out. You know what I mean? Just just been going at it for too long, and my body just wasn't letting let anything go. And I was really small, and I could I could barely stand up. Um, they tried to get me. They were trying to get me to do my physical right after weigh-ins before I even got on the scale. And I was like, "Man, I can't do a squat right now." <laughs> they're trying to get me. They're trying to get me to do five squats. And I did the first squat when I came up. I was like tipped over, and they're like, "Whoa!" And then so, once, and then once you get through that, you just trying to eat anything at that point. Uh, well, not necessarily anything. You know what I mean. You gotta, you gotta be calculated. You, know, you can't let yourself get too big. Um, but yeah, you know, for the most part, just trying to take take in anything under the sun that's that's liquid. Do you feel like how close to yourself do you feel then? You know, twenty four, thirty hours later, when it's time to actually fight. Uh, I mean, it, it just depends. You know. Uh, that I, I actually bounced back pretty good. I had another tough weight cut after that when I fought Mitch Clark, um, where I like on the day of the fight, I just felt like uh, I just felt like a shadow of myself. I was just very like bloated. It's very, very. I don't know. I just a very kind of lethargic, very swollen. Just felt too big. Just felt too slow. Um, you know, and that's that's not a good feeling on the day you're supposed to compete. So, what's the solution? I mean, do, do you feel like something needs to be done to avoid these situations, or is it just kind of a necessary part of the process? Um, you're never going to be able to stop guys from doing it, but adding weight classes will definitely help. You know what I mean? It'll definitely spread some guys out. You know, the, the weight cutting practice in itself has just been around for so long that it's hard to that, that's a, that's going to be a hard thing to to stop to get rid of you know what i mean because it's not it's not in the control of the people that are making the rules it's in, in control of the athletes you know that they can they can go through precautionary measures to weigh guys before fights and do 30-day weight checks and do all sorts of things you know what i mean but at the end of the day you know you, know, you can't stop these guys from wanting to cut weight or trying to cut weight and do those kinds of things yeah when i when i did the story with you before Dariush, i think you were about 23 with about two weeks to go or like at yeah. 178 or something like that, but you seem to be comfortable with that. I mean, that one went because everybody when they when they saw the story when I told them about it, they couldn't believe like 20 plus pounds in two weeks or less. Like that seems crazy from the outside, but um, you, you, I mean, you weren't you weren't sweating it too much. I mean, that one went all right. That that kind of went according to your plan, I guess. Yeah, that one. I had a good weight cut that fight. I, I mean, the weight came off well. I only ended up having to lose 12 pounds of water. So yeah. Um, yeah, and that went smooth. So that was the first time I'd ever worked with a nutritionist as well. So that that fight went really good, actually. Yeah, where do you try and peak? Like, uh, you know, if you if you're trying to make sure you don't gain too much, what's your ceiling weight wise? Uh, I never really have a ceiling after weigh-ins. You know what I mean? But um, or before, like as you're I, training. I, oh, oh, as I'm training. Um, 
couple weeks out, I like to I like to be around that 178 range. You know what I mean? That that's when I know I'm in good shape. I'm, I'm well hydrated. You know, that's what it all boils down is how how hydrated you are. You know what I mean? So a lot of your weight, as long as a lot of my weight's water, I don't care if I'm in that mid 70s, high 70s area. Yeah. How much uh, of a difference is having a nutritionist made? Because, yeah, Daryush, you said, was the first time you, you had that. And I remember following you around that day. I'm mean, being, being very cautious and measured about what you're putting into your body. How much of a game changer has that been? It's been a very big game changer. You know, before that, you know, I knew how to cut weight. I knew how to get my weight down. You know what I mean? Like, there's no secret to dieting. There's no method to the madness. But to have... Um, that was a lot more measure and a lot more calculation. You know, it, it was really nice. It, it just it just takes a lot of the pressure off of you, you know what I mean? Um, but working with George and Daniel Lockhart and Leaf, I mean, they've been freaking phenomenal. They're, they're the best guys in the business. I mean, Conor McGregor works with George. You know, Demi Lovato's got a contract with Leaf. Like, a lot of, like, high-level people do work with them. So, it's like, it's very comforting knowing that you're in the hands of the best in the business, you know what I mean? So you can really trust the process a lot more. Whereas, you know, when you can do when you when you're going through that kind of regiment with somebody, you know, if you're not trusting the process, it's not gonna go as smooth, you know what I mean? So it's uh knowing you're in good hands and you know knowing all you have to do is just follow these follow what they say and do as they say and the way will come off and you'll be fine. That that takes a lot of the pressure off. When you're in that mo- mode, what's the the thing that you miss most that you can't eat or drink? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of anything. It's like just the freedom to be able to like have candy or pizza or something. Like once that's <laughs> taken away from me, it's kind of like oh, that sucks. Like you know, everyone around you is going to do what they want. You're just stuck here eating spinach leaves or something <laughs> stupid. And you're like, fuck. But uh, it's not like a specific thing I miss more than others. Yeah. Uh, what were you like uh, as a kid? As uh, a kid, small, not that athletic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you have a late growth spurt? Kind of, yeah. Kind of a little bit of a late growth spurt. Um, that was the youngest of three. So, yeah, I was just a little shrimp for a while. Definitely skateboarded a lot. And, uh yeah. Uh, I was into those kinds of sports, and, and then of course, you know, I got into wrestling, and I kind of changed a lot of things. So, but yeah, that's that was kind of me as a kid. Were you any good as a skateboarder? Yeah, I was. I was. I was a very exceptional skateboarder for sure. Um, I did. I did well with board sports. Um, that was kind of like my forte. But um, outside of that, you know, I was pretty much just. I was pretty much the only sport I was actually, actually, you know, comparable at when it came to you know, competing against my peers. Did you, uh, I mean, growing up, like watching X games, did you ever think you were going to go that route? For a long time, I did. Um, for a long time, I thought I was going to become, I was going to pursue becoming a professional skateboarder. That was kind of like my, that was my MO for a while. Um, you know, I grew up, my grandfather was, you know, being the motorcycle racer he was and, and seeing, how he you know, how he did something like motorcycle racing and everything in his life revolved around motorcycles. Seeing that growing up, just kind of, just kind of thought that was like the norm. You know what I mean? So skateboarding was kind of like that for me. Where I thought that that's that's just kind of what was going to be the that was going to be the thing that I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I changed my mind and, and 
started to feel like wrestling was going to be that. And then I started this fighting thing and then I kind of just figured it out from there and was like, well, this is what I'm going to do for, for the long haul. So it all just kind of worked. It, it all just kind of worked out. How old were you when you started wrestling? I was, it was a lot. It was the uh, sixth grade, sixth grade. So I was about uh, 11 years old. You took to it right away. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 11, I, I took to it and you know, I was, above average at it when I first started, but was never like a world beater by any means. Hmm. Did you, I mean, were you the type of kid to get into fights? Did you scrap, you know, when you were a kid, did you kind of have that edge to you back then? Not too much. I mean, I'd say the same amount as a normal kid, you know, like a normal kid from East Valley, you know, I, I think that I, I, uh, you know, I, I got, you know, I squabbled a little bit here and there, but I wasn't like a bully. I didn't get in a ton of fights or nothing like that. Um, I say I got about the average amount that, that a young man growing up in that era does. Mm-hmm. You, uh, not you weren't really scared of anything though. Like you, you felt comfortable if if something were to come up like that. Yeah, but kind of. I just never really thought of it like that. You know what I mean? I never really, never. Not that I was like comfortable with it or anything. I just never really, it's never really been my mo. The I'm not a big confrontation guy. I've mm-hmm. never really been big into into confrontation. Yeah, it's just something that's just kind of not my cup of tea. But uh, I was definitely, you know, uh, you know, if some went down. I was always, you know, I was always able to defend myself. Where, where does the the willingness to, you know, engage in combat come from? Because I I I always think it's interesting talking to guys like you and and football players and guys that aren't afraid to kind of physically put their body in the line. Because I just never had that in myself. Like that was never. That was never me. Whatever fearlessness or whatever that is, I never had that. So, where do you think that comes from for you? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I, I just say it just comes from a just a willingness to kind of if I'm going to get myself in a situation, it's going to be something more or less like defend myself. You know what I mean? So, I guess it comes from more of a willingness to like defend myself. But when it comes to competing with with fighting. Um, and that it's, it's just that right there. Like, like for me, the willingness to, to fight and engage in combat for a living comes from my, my love for competition. You know, that's, that's all it is for me on fight night. I'm not thinking of this as, as like a fight, you know, a fight is if I got to defend myself or if a fight is if I see somebody hit my girlfriend or something like that. Like that's, that's, that's a different entity in itself. Hmm. Whereas, you know, on, on, on fight night to me, it's just, it's just competing. It's just like strapping up your freaking wrestling shoes, putting your headgear on and getting into a wrestling match. That's, that's, that's where my willingness to engage in, in competitive mixed martial arts comes from. It's just that mentality where it's, it's just not a fight at all. It's just, it's just a game. It's just, hmm. a, it's, just a, it's just a competition. I, from the outside too, it's always uh, h- hard to, I guess, understand just because it's not something i do and, and obviously people that that are observers of the sport do but being able to psych yourself up against this other person beat them in something physical and then shake their hands and, and have good sportsmanship after the fact that always kind of blows my mind because i think i would be too salty after the fact especially if i lost to, you know what i mean be cordial with somebody who just defeated me in uh, uh you know a situation like that yeah, but at some point you got to put those feelings aside because you are, all eyes are on you. You know, you're on worldwide television and, you know, 
even if you don't want to shake hands with Kevin Lee after you know you just got screwed in a fight with him, <laughs> you need to go up and shake the guy's hand and be cordial and and uh, you know save save those save that disdain and those emotions for behind closed doors. What clicked or when when did uh, MMA kind of uh, come to mind and and you realize like hey this is something I could do. Um, it was always in my mind, um, something I wanted to try growing up, you know, you see a guy like Hoist Gracie, uh, and, uh, the success he had through the first UFCs, but you see that and being myself, a guy that was smaller, not the best athlete, you know, I, I kind of drew motivation from that. And, um, and it was something I wanted to try at some point in my life. Um, you know, so I just kind of was waiting for what kind of waiting for the right opportunity you know what i mean and uh you know when i was 20 years old i finally decided to just like nut up on my own and walk into a gym and, and start training and uh it's one of the best decisions i ever made what do you remember about your first fight uh, i remember my my walkout music wouldn't come on like i was like getting ready to, to walk out and it's just like dead silent and i just it's like fuck this let's just go so i just like walked out to no music what was it supposed to be Stranglehold, Ted Nugent, of course. <laughs> Same song. Yeah. Same song I've been walking out to my whole life. But, uh, you know, my walkout music didn't come on. I just got patient. Like, screw it, let's just go. So I just made the walk without it. How rough were those amateur fights? <laughs> yeah, they were, they were fun. <laughs> when, when, they were, they were guys don't really have uh, the, the technique down necessarily. I would imagine you, you face a lot of just brawlers out there. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's challenging for sure. Um, I'd say my amateur fights, my amateur career was, was tougher than my professional career. Um, you know, just you're trying to figure out yourself, your identity as a fighter, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. Um, you know, and that could be a lot of that's learning on the fly. That can, that can be pretty painful sometimes. What was it like balancing trying to train and and make something out of this while also having to like hold down a job? Because you were working for what King Beverage was. Yeah. So I didn't mind it. Yeah. I liked it. I I had fun. You know, it was like uh, it was uh, you know, I was I enjoyed the process. You know what I mean? Like I was a kid that was never an exceptional athlete, and I never got to be. I was never the greatest at something involving athletics. So you know as I was honing my skills and training and competing while I was working, you know, word was traveling around town that the King Beverage could fight. So it was fun that, you know, I'd be going to these stores and going to different, you know, going to different meetings and stuff. And, and the word was traveling that, that I could compete. And I was, that was good. So it was fun to get that kind of notoriety. And I enjoyed getting up on no sleep and I enjoyed being sore <laughs> having to get up and go to work and running on no sleep and all that stuff. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was, it made me feel tough. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's always a good feeling. It's feeling tough. You know what I mean? Not, not many people get to, get to experience that. Do you think that's part of what has separated you from other guys? Just I mean, some people might not be willing to have that kind of routine and grind in that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, a lot. I talk to guys all the time that are, you know, here's the thing is, okay, you don't want to have a job, you know, while you're trying to pursue this thing. But you see guys all the time living in a gym and 
not being able to eat, living off top ramen and and not being able to take care of themselves. And that's not necessarily a good thing, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know what, I had sacrificed a lot of sleep, but at least I always had food. I always had the gear I needed. I always had vitamins. I had health insurance. You know what I mean? I had a lot of things, you know what I mean, at the expense of having a job. You know what I mean? I still managed to get up and go train twice a day. You know, and all the guys I knew that were full-time fighters, not working jobs, you know, they didn't, they were only training twice a day. So I'm in my head, I'm just like, you know, that's weak. Like you, you guys are complaining about money and stuff, but you're not willing to, to, to work a job. You know, I'm training everyone in practices, all these guys that are broke full-time fighters. I'm like, you know, I just, I, I just kind of made me feel proud of myself. Hmm. Were you, when you started fighting, was there ever any intimidation or does your love for competing just kind of overtake any of that? Of course you're going to be intimidated. You know, I get intimidated every time I fight, you know. I always have I always have faith in my skills and faith in myself, but you're always going to be, what's the, what's the joy of if I'm not a little bit intimidated by them? Hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, you want the you want that edginess, you know what I mean. You want the kind of nervous, edgy feelings, you know what I mean. It's like a thing that gets the hairs in the back of the neck to stand up. You want to have that when you're about to fight, you know. You you it, it, being intimidated, being a little bit scared is a good thing. Having nerves is a good thing. I always say that the day I'm in the locker room getting staged to fight, when the day comes that I'm not nervous, I don't have those nerves. I just want to retire. You know what I mean? Hmm. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point in, in competing and fighting? If it, if it doesn't get you going. You know? It doesn't get those nerves going. Doesn't get those next feelings going. Yeah. How many fights did it take before you realized, like, I, okay, I might be able to get somewhere with this? Uh, I never really had an idea. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like a. I just kind of like I, I I knew I wanted to fight in the UFC. I knew it wasn't the easiest task, um, but just as I, I'd go, you know, at first it was take an amateur fight, then it was get a main event, then it was take a pro fight, then it was win a pro title, then, you know, it's just like systematically as I was going, it was, I was taking things step by step, it just ultimately kind of led me to like realizing like, okay. Had this many fights. I've had all. The, I've had all these things go on. I think I can do this now. You know what I mean? Yeah. How uh, how do you go about getting on the Ultimate Fighter? Like, what's the process of actually getting on the show? Because that was obviously when you kind of got your big break. It was it was December 2011. They had an open casting call uh, down in Las Vegas. So basically, me, Rick, and Sanders flew down to Las Vegas and uh, yes, went and did an open casting call. What was the cast? What'd you do in the casting call? It was just like, you know, you just filled out the paperwork and then it had to see like a grappling round. And then uh, if you made it through that, you could submit to the striking coaches. And if you made it through that, then you uh, then you had an interview. And they just kind of sent you home. And kind of that was that. And then they would they, they call a few guys to come back. And uh, the game got the call to go back. And then that from there on, we made it. That had to have been kind of mind blowing for you guys to go two for two. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy. 
we were kind of a package deal though. We were we were pretty quirky dudes back then, so <laughs> it, it worked out pretty good for us. Why do you think Spokane is such a great fighting scene? Because it's a blue collar city, you know what I mean. Like it's uh, that's how that's how you just race here, you know what I mean. Whether you grew up on a farm or, or whether you're just even just like regular day to day school life, you know, it's a very blue collar city. And uh, if you can take that blue collar mentality into into a sport like mixed martial arts, you're gonna find success because there is no secret to success. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, I had some kid the other night at the gym. He's just like some some new kid. He's like, hey, so are you in UFC? I was, I was like, a UFC show. I was like, yeah. He's like, how, how'd you do that? How'd you get there? And I was just like, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I I worked hard. He's like, no, I mean, like, well, you know, what's your secret? To, what was your secret to success? I was just like, uh, I don't have one. <laughs> I, I was like, man, I don't have an answer for you. I just, I just, I just worked hard, man. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. Sorry, I didn't know what else to say. I was like, there's no, there's nothing else to say beyond that, you know. So when you come from a blue collar city like like Spokane, and as long as you got a few role models to look up to, you know, like the Mark Rippins and the and those types of people. As long as you have some some local people that kind of idolize, and uh, you got to work ethic, then you know it's a sport you can definitely cut your teeth in and, and make something of yourself with. You were inspired by those guys. I mean, seeing Rippin and Stockton and those guys come out of your hometown. Oh yeah, I mean, we went to church with Mark Rippin, John Stockton by antiques from my grandma. You know, they, they, <laughs> I had these people that were all around me. You know what I mean? So um, it was definitely inspiring. You know what I mean? Definitely definitely one of those things where it's like you know you, when you're at sunday mass at assumption sitting next to, to the ripping family it's uh <laughs> you know it's definitely motivating you know, the guy's a super bowl mvp what's it like now being one of those guys and in a different sport i mean being the the first you know you and sam the first guys from spokane to make it at that level and now you guys got kids that are coming to the gym and, and looking up to you guys and trying to tap into that uh, it's really humbling, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a really, really humble, grounded guy. I always have been, you know, I think that's just part of, part of, uh, part of what makes me me, you know, it's, I'm just, I'm just very humble and, uh, it's one of those things I'll never take advantage of. Um, very, very thankful to be in the position that I'm in and, and hopefully, you know, I can inspire others, you know what I mean? And, and, uh. You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I, it's one of those things I just don't take for granted. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's uh, in the city. I, it makes me want to give Spokane something. You know what I mean? I feel like I was Spokane a world title, but being, being able to be kind of, uh, I, know, I guess, the man on campus, if you will, um, hmm. makes me feel like I haven't done enough yet to warrant this, the, the, that kind of title. You know, I feel like I need to win. I feel like I need to win a world championship, bring it to Spokane, and validate and solidify you know my place in a in small city yeah on that note i mean you and i have talked about this the importance of staying in spokane i mean you could you could head to vegas or southern california and train you know phoenix or whatever and at some boutique gym or something like that but you come back home and you stay in kind of a more blue collar setting why is that so important to you uh it's important because it's to prove that you know, uh, you don't have to go, you know, it's to prove that you, you can, uh, you can accomplish big things from a small place. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, I want to be a, a, 
a country singer. I need to move to Nashville. Hmm. Well, I want to be a, I don't know. I want to be an actor. I need to move to LA. Like, you know, you know what? Trips to those places, that's fine. You know what I mean? That, that's okay to go get some exposure. Go mix things up and go, go, go travel to Nashville for a little bit. Go for a vacation. Go check it out. If you don't want to be a country singer, if you know, if you're, if you're uh, you know, if you're an inspiring actress, okay, go to Hollywood for a week. Just want to go check it out. But do your work, do your work from where you're from. You know what I mean? Because it's ultimately where you're from is what's got you your base. You know what I mean? And and all you need is your base. Once you have your base, you can you. Once you have your base as to whatever you're pursuing, you can build anything you want on top of it from where you're at right now. You know what I mean? You don't have to pack it up and leave and, and turn your back to the place that got you where you're at, the place that, you know, made you envision these dreams and stuff. You don't have to just turn your back on it. You know what I mean? Um, for myself personally as a fighter, it's like, uh, I've had all this success from here. Why do I need to, why do I need to leave? You know what I mean? There's no, there hasn't been any failing. This place hasn't failed me yet. You know what I mean? Nor will it ever. So there's just, there's never just been any desire for myself to pack it up and leave here to go somewhere else. I'll go get my work in in different places. But when it gets down to, when it gets down to, to accomplishing the things I want to accomplish, winning my fight, doing my camps, um, most of the time it's here, you know, and that's, that's the way it's going to be for the long haul. It's one thing to, uh, you know, be in a town where a bunch of people are interested in fighting, uh, but it's a whole another thing to have the level of success. What is, what is taking it to that level? Whether it's you know guys like Rick that are that are obviously schooled in in fighting and are willing to train people. Like, what's been the key to, not just uh, you know having a fighting scene in Spokane, but one that is actually breeding like high level fighters. The key is just having um, a good group, a good group of not just like a specific coach or a specific athletes. Just it's just about having a good group of people. You know what I mean? A good group of people that are good amateurs, good professionals, good spokesmen. You know, it's from you know you got me and Sam in the gym. You know, is, is your is your old dog pros look up to you? you got these up and coming guys with good energy. Like you know, you got the Joe McHale's. You know, you got the news guy in there, in there <laughs> training and mixing up and competing. You, know, you get it's about having a good group. You know, having different bodies for different areas. You know what I mean? Like a the you know you want it, you want it to feel welcoming but in the same sense you want it to feel like the best you know what I mean sometimes in the fighting world the gym that feels the most welcoming isn't always the best you know what I mean so it's about having a good mix of people you know if uh, you're sitting around at home and uh, got nothing to do and want to flip on one of your flight one of your fights which one are you choosing like which one do you you enjoy going back to watch the most. I don't ever watch any of them, honestly. I don't, I don't ever go back and watch any of my fights. Really? I've probably seen the, yeah, I've probably seen the Darius fight maybe two times total. I yeah, I don't. I'm not big on watching my fights. I don't know why. I've never really been huge into it. It's not a you know you hear about athletes watching film. You know you never do that just to kind of study what you've done. Uh, you know successes or or failures. Otherwise, just to kind of get a better idea. If I'm with if I'm with Rick, I will. But other than that, I don't really watch my fights. It's just not something I've ever really been into. Yeah. What's the the favorite of your career, uh, amateur, professional, otherwise? Just to kind of think back on. Um, I'd probably say probably the Quinta fight. I mean, a lot on the line that day. Hmm. My mom's birthday, last fight on tough. Hmm. Those types of things. Um, yeah. 
I'd probably say it's Allen. If you uh, have your choice of a finishing move, what do you want to do? Oh, it's always going to be RNC. <laughs> keep it keep it basic. Keep it to the keep it to the maker. <laughs> the bread and butter. Yeah. So, uh, what's next? What do you see coming down the road the next couple months or so? Um. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Evan Dunham fight. I think that's what we're kind of just gearing up for. Is I think we're looking looking for as our next move. Um, you know, um, you know, just kind of just, just staying in the gym, staying training, and just, just just gearing up for a fight sooner or later. You know, just to hopefully we're we're kind of hoping for Evan. It's just a fight that makes sense. He's ranked. Other than that, I mean, we'll take all comers. So just in the next few months, it's just about staying in shape, training. Got a grappling match on December second at the the on it headquarters in Austin, Texas. So I'll have something to you know, I'll be competing right around the same time Sam is, so you know, got some things coming up. <laughs> when would you like to see that fight take place? Um, sooner the better, but probably won't be till January ish, I'm assuming. Hmm. Cool. Always good catching up, man. I appreciate it. You know, it's always good. It's always good running into you and talking to you, buddy. Likewise, likewise. Best of luck. Uh, looking forward to hearing about getting something on the books, and we'll be sure to we'll be sure to catch up when that comes around. Awesome, sounds good, dude.